0: You know, doing so well in medical sales at such a young age. I got really lucky, got into this great job. And imagine going to your parents and telling them, so I'm going to quit that and start my own thing. My business has finally taken off. This baby I've worked so hard for has finally taken off. And it was like the colliding of my world. When did these strangers on the internet become more important than these people in my life that I love so much? The reason I stuck with it at year three when you're like, completely burnt out, you've got nothing left, you've been pouring your heart and soul into this and you're not making the money you thought you would, look at this.
1: Hey everyone and welcome to the World's Okayest Entrepreneur, the podcast for the okay entrepreneur who's just kind of figuring it out as they go. Today we're talking to Lindsay Baumgren of Nourish Move Love on how she built her business as a fitness trainer offering free workouts to people at home. And as you know, building a business has its highs and lows and Lindsay is no exception. I found her story of building her business and building her family simultaneously super inspiring, and I hope you do too. So let's roll into it.
0: Honestly, there's people who are succeeding in it and doing all these great things, but at the end of the day, a sustainable YouTube channel, not someone who blew up overnight or not, is humanizing, like you said. It is human, relation, connection, it's all. Yeah. Like, people who are going to make it long-term on YouTube... It's like the personalities and it's I mean, part of even Colin and Spring. They're sharing stuff that anybody could share. It's just like their personalities, the way they share it, the people they the way they connect with people when they interview them, like
1: their chemistry.
2: Their chemistry. Their chemistry. I mean, that's like the one of the big things. but these on. I feel so professional, you guys. Yes,
0: yeah, please, please. This reminds me. So I literally got accepted into this YouTube partnership program and felt like I was so out of place just being in this, right? So now I have like this account executive at YouTube. And I show up to our first, it's like a big webinar. You're meeting all these other people in the YouTube partnership program. And I was, I think my baby was like three months old at the time. I'm at home in my tiny little kitchen. I got like dishes all over, car seat, whatever. And I'm nursing my baby. I have my camera like half, I have my camera on, but like way up here. So you see like this much of my face. And I'm like nursing my baby. And I get on this call and here's everybody in these professional studios with these big microphones, cool lights in the background. They're all professional YouTubers, right? Cool lights. And I'm like, camera off. And I'm like, you're such a loser. Like, who am I? Like, how do I compete with these people? Like, here I am. I'm just, and I was like- I was just like that was like a moment for me when I was like, you know, you feel like you're fully climbing that ladder. Like I got accepted into this part. Like I am making it. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I am so far from these people. (laughs) But that's just real life. Also, like majority of them were male. And the majority of them were either male or under the age of like 30 and no didn't have a child in their like near future anytime soon. And I was just like, here I am, mom of three, like
1: baby on my boob. But what you didn't see was you didn't see basically that they had crafted this like little tiny box behind them to make it look like that. But really, they were just sitting in like their filth. There's like dirty clothes on the carpet, Pete's box separate because they're like 20 years old.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still like, you know, consider I still don't have any of this fancy setup. It feels so cool. (laughs) I feel so
2: professional. I'll take it, Lindsay. I love it. it. It's great.
0: You got to level up, right? You got to show up like professionals if you want to.
2: I mean, I think that was like, well, we got a little lucky because my husband had had a podcast before. So it oh, actually we did. Well, yeah, but it was actually great because he had enough to make Andrew and I dangerous. Totally. But we really kind of still did it on our own ways. And now the video is like, now we're out on our own and yeah. we're like. <laughs>
1: yeah, once you kind of figure out roughly how the system works, you can kind of just take it from there. So like, once I got the rough run through from Aaron, I was like, okay, um, so this is how it works. Really. We break it down to the core principles. It's like, we just need some microphones, a sound card, recording software. And then the rest is like kind of history. And then I just like, like from there, you just kept going. And then it's like, we could just keep leveling up from here. We could add video. We can, we can add music and like finding the music was like, what are we going to do for music? I don't know
2: audio was the trickiest thing of like finding our sound. Actually, how was it finding your, you have a very specific like nourish, move, love sound. Was it like that from the beginning or have you kind of?
0: Honestly, it's so hard because that's a part of the business that I, I'm not passionate. You know what I mean? I was like, I am passionate about, I love creating the workouts. I love filming the workouts. I love doing that. I love this, the business side of things. Like this fires me up because I've learned so much and worked my, butt off to like grow and grind and build a business. And I just love this stuff. Like, I just love talking about it because it's just been my life for the last eight years. Stuff like that, like details like that, like when people are like, oh, I want better music in there. I'm like, I don't, I just mute it. Like play whatever music you want. I don't know. Like that doesn't like, to me, that means nothing. You know, when I was teaching group fitness in person, like, yeah, I had a cool playlist, but that was never, music has never been, I'm not good at that stuff.
1: So with your business, what did you like when you were first starting, you were talking about how like you were learning and learning and learning. Are you like writing stuff down in a notebook? Are you like, what's the what was your process? Were you just like getting your phone out and like keeping notes and things like that?
0: So I was doing medical sales, selling capital medical equipment, overhead ceiling lifts, bariatric medical equipment, bariatric wheelchairs and stuff at the time. And I love sales. I love business. I was good at it naturally. And I love the fact that my work, I said I kind of was talking to you about the standards. I'm a hard worker by nature. I was never like naturally smart. I was never MVP on the team. I played sports my whole life. I was always the hardest worker. And that's like, I just like to work hard. And so I love sales because work equaled pay. And my work, I was sitting at a desk for a while working next to these people. And I'm like, I'm outworking all these people and I'm making the same money as them. So I love sales and love that part of the business. But so for the last two years, I knew I wanted to go off and start my own business. I loved fitness. I knew I wanted to do something in that space and so last two years of my sales career, I was like, I'm going to live off my base salary and put aside all of my commission so I can start this business. So I knew I was going to start and I wanted to start it. And so I lived off. And so during those two years, I was, you know, building my business in the pockets of my day. I was didn't have any kids. I wasn't married at the time. Like I was just a workaholic, literally getting up at teaching 5 a.m. workout classes, going to work all day, then training people, personal training people at, in a studio at night, teaching more classes at night, going home. Building my website on Wix.com at the time. Like, you know, like just doing all the things. I was like a fit model, modeling cat bracelets at 2 a.m. on Evine Live and Shop HQ just to like make extra money because I knew I wanted to start my own business, like the wild life of, you know, truly grinding it out. But in that process, I was constantly, yeah, like I don't know if I was writing it down in a notepad, but I was just like, I was building it this whole time. It's not like I just like quit and was like, all right, here we go. Let's start. Like I was building the whole time. I was meeting people and doing the things and figuring out how I would start this once I quit my job.
1: Right, and so you went from basically, but like, I guess I'm curious too, is like, in your brain, I mean, most people just like get a gym membership and go to the gym, but when did you start, start teaching fitness?
0: Yeah, so I basically was, I played college volleyball. So I was an athlete my whole life. I played college volleyball, and then I got done with my volleyball career, And no one was, like, telling me to go to the gym anymore or work out anymore. And, like, I kind of fell off the rails. And I graduated and went from hanging out with my friends and walking to class to sitting at a desk for eight hours. I was literally getting my, like, Series 66. I was in financial advising. I was, like, helping Bruce Helmer write the Your Money radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nothing I was passionate about at all. I was some intern at a, you know, financial institute. And sitting behind a desk for eight hours a day and putting on weight and was kind of like, this is just, I was not super happy. I was like, this is, this is what life is. This stinks. This is not what I signed up for. And so I was at the time just needed something. And so I started running and I got into marathon running and I ran a bunch of marathons and that was really cool. But then I got stress fractures in my feet. And so I had to stop running so much. So then I got into strength training, just like on the side, I've loved fitness and working out my whole life, got into strength training and wanted to do these fitness competitions, like stand on stage in a bikini and flex your muscles things. I don't know why, but that was like a desire of mine. And so in order to do that, I just wanted for my own knowledge, I wanted to become a personal trainer and learn about nutrition. So I didn't have to pay people to do that for me. And I could do it for myself. So I started getting these certifications on the side. And then I started personal training my friends and I was like, Oh, this is cool. And I got into personal training kind of on the side just because I was learning this stuff. And I hated it because people would show up and I would work with them for like an hour or whatever, maybe once, twice a week. And they'd be like complaining all the time and they wouldn't have results. And they were like, man, I'm like, well, yeah, I have no control of you outside of this two hour window or hour when you're going home and eating potato chips and you're doing whatever, like no control. And I was so frustrated because I was like, I'm such a results oriented person. And so then I found group fitness. I show up, everybody's in the room. We play loud music. We have a great time. No one cares about the results. Like everyone's just there to have a good time, work hard. And I was like, this is my jam. And I loved group fitness got certified, started teaching group fitness classes and was like, this is where it's at. People show up, especially, I was like an early morning person. 5 a.m. people, they come, they're hard workers. They wanna get stuff done. They show up, they turn off their phones. Like how often in life do you get a chance to hang out with people where they're completely off their phone and they're like staring at you and they're there to have a good time and they're just there to work out and have fun and like make a better person out of themselves? Like that's just a rare environment. And so I just loved group fitness. I was like, this is where it's at. We have awesome music. We got people who are here to work hard. This is fun. And it lit me up. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to teach group fitness. And I was like, yeah, you know how much you make? <laughs> you make 30 bucks a class. <laughs> and you got to teach 20 of them a week. And you're physically exhausted and you have no money. So how do you make ends meet? Uh, so that's when I was just like, how do I make this my career? And I was like, well, I was going to take it online. So I basically saw people in the food blogger space who are doing this, putting out free recipes. And I was like, How do I do that for fitness? How do I put out free workouts for fitness? And I grew up in a small town. And so when I was teaching fitness classes at Lifetime or whatever, I had friends who were like, I mean, we don't have any of that stuff here. Like I want to do your classes. And I was like, oh, I'll like film them and send them to you. And I was like, I could do this. People want group fitness that don't have access to this. And then I had kids and that was a whole game changer. Cause I was like, going to take a class is such a luxury. You're you know, a busy mom. Like I don't have time to, to spend two hours to get to a class anymore. And so I was like, this is the audience. Like there's so many people who want this, who crave this connection, who want to have a good time working out, who just like, you know, want to go to a group fitness class, but don't have the luxury to get there. So I, creating free workouts and making them free and accessible to everybody was my thing and still is.
2: I've personally consumed your content a ton. So the Power Yoga Flow is my personal favorite. So just so you know, I'm personally contributing to your ad revenue because I keep on rewatching it all of the time. So (laughs) thank you. So let's go back, though, because you how old were you? Like, how long ago was it that you were all of the sudden, like, wow, like I'm only going to make $30 a class at, you know, and have to do 20 of these. So that's $600 a week. And I know from fitness that it's typically you have to do the 5 a.m. and then the 5 p.m. <laughs> like part of that. So how old were you? Like what 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 was going on at that moment where you're like, I'm going for this?
0: Yeah. Well, let's see. I was uh, I was doing medical sales and it was a very lucrative career for me. Um, I got really lucky. I got into a good sales career and was making six figures at a very young age. So I was in my what twenty three, making six figures. Like that was pretty much a dream. And so imagine going to your parents. My mom was like, "You have no idea how lucky you are to be like, you know, doing so well in medical sales at such a young age." I got really lucky, got into this great job, and imagine going to your parents and telling them, "So I'm going to quit that and start my own thing." And you know, I was raised like. 401k. You get the career. You do the college. You do the job. You do the stuff, and and so now I still have that, those conversations with my parents because it's really funny because they were like, no, and I was like, I'm gonna do it. But I was so I was like 23, had a very lucrative good job, and so fortunately I was smart with my money and I saved it, and I knew that I wasn't just gonna like quit cold turkey and try this out, and I knew I was a hard worker. And that regardless, if it didn't work out, I had some money to fall back on and or I knew I, there was always a way I could go back into medical sales or something like that. So but I was like 23, 24, 25. So I got married. It was 2015. So once I got married, I got on my husband's health insurance and was like, now I can quit. <laughs> so I was building this. So it's for the last two years. I knew I was I was building it on the side. But in 2015 is officially when I quit my corporate sales job. And because I got on my husband's health insurance. So that's when I officially quit and decided to go on my own. But when I said I go on my own, like I thought I was going to replace my six figure income within a year was my goal. Yeah, no way. (laughs) Not even close. I was losing money, you know, but I was... I did a lot of things. So I was a model on like Shop HQ and Evine Live, literally selling cat bracelets at 3 a.m. Like what is a cat bracelet? A a bracelet with cat charms on it. Okay. Like I was holding my wrist out going like this at 3 a.m. to anyone who wanted to buy a cat charm bracelet. I'll like never forget it. I was like, this is the lowest of lows I've hit in my life. Like, what am I doing? How did you get that? I was working with modeling agencies. So I was doing like a lot of like random fitness modeling. I was like a fit model for Target. Perfect size medium right here. I held that out until I got pregnant. Finally, I was like 12 weeks pregnant. And they're like, so something's changing. I was like, I'm pregnant. And they're like, you can't do this anymore. You're not the perfect size medium. And I was like, this was such a good income for me. I showed up every week. They measured me. I put clothes on. Like I was doing random jobs. Like you name it. I was meal prepping for neighbors. I was grocery shopping for people. I was training people on the side. I mean, teaching twenty classes a week—like every random thing you could possibly do—I was
1: doing it. And were you telling people about your the business you were building while you were doing these things?
0: No, I was pretty like embarrassed. Like if people asked like what I was doing, pretty much told people like I was a personal trainer or like you know like um I you know like when my someone who knew me would introduce me, even like a uh, father in law or whatever that like they would be like, oh yeah, she's a personal trainer at Anytime Fitness or because I was doing that, but I was also doing a myriad of other things. But I didn't really talk about you know I'm building this online website or like an online trainer because I didn't feel like I was.
1: When did you shed that embarrassment?
0: Oh, man. I mean, you know, even now when I talk to people, it depends on what generation they are when I'm introducing like who I am. Now I introduce myself as like a content creator or I, like, I run a small online publishing company because that's truly really what I do is like I run a small online publishing company. Mm. Like I'm not just a fitness trainer. We run a publishing company. Uh, but... Yeah, it took me a while to be confident to say that. I would say probably within even like the last like year or two to be like really confident in like what I do, because for the longest time I didn't feel like I was successful or I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have the financial backing to say I was running a company.
1: Right. I wonder why that is, because I feel like I struggled with that for a while as well. Yeah. And I just don't know where that comes from.
2: Do you feel like for you it's tied to like what your revenue is?
0: Yeah. Like I was actually making money as a trainer or I was at, you know, so it's like I was making money as a trainer so I could call myself a personal trainer. Like I wasn't making money as an online publisher, so I didn't feel like it was legit to call myself that.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I've you can see the vision. I mean, that's kind of where I'm curious. Like, was there anybody that was your champion at this time or was it just kind of you and your idea and you're like, I believe in it?
0: I mean, my husband definitely still calls himself my my biggest investor. <laughs> um, I mean, because he was fully fun, you know, like we were living off of, I basically said, if can I quit my job? I will, I committed to not buying anything for a year. I will not buy anything. Obviously, like we had to buy food and stuff, but I was like, I will not buy a single piece of clothing for this first year when I quit my job. I won't buy anything. I will literally... Go cold turkey. So, I didn't buy anything for a year, like no clothes, nothing. And I was in, he was going to pay for everything. And I said, if by the end of this first year I can't pay for like groceries or contribute in some way, then I'll, you know, like I'll get a real job and I'll figure it out. But I was making ends meet. I was figuring out how to pay for groceries and get some money in the door by doing all these random odd jobs. So, what did you say? What was the, I got to go back. I lost my train of thought.
2: No, I think you kind of answered it a little bit, which was like, who was your champion? Because I think it's like so hard sometimes, like what you had said was like, your parents were very much so like, what are you doing? You're leaving a six figure job to start this like crazy idea. But I feel like that's such part of the entrepreneur identity is that you believe in yourself. But it is hard when you're only the person believing you and nobody else believes in you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I do feel very fortunate, like, while my parents were like, you're nuts, my dad, I, it's weird. I like to play this in my head. My dad's, you know, not the most like lovey-dovey guy or anything, but he's always said, you can do anything you set your mind to. And like he, while I knew they thought I was crazy, I knew that they knew I would succeed because I'm I'm also crazy like that. Like even from the days of like, run, like I said, I was going to run a marathon. I ran a bunch of mar- like, you know, like I've always been kind of crazy. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And so while they were like, this is not a good choice for you financially, you're like newly married, you're supposed to be building all, of, you know, your life, your 401k, this is not a good choice. They knew, I think, in the back of their heads that I would succeed. So they did support it. And obviously now they're like, wow, well, good job. (laughs) And like my husband, same way. My husband was like, I think this is a little loony, but I know you're crazy and I know you'll succeed in some way. So he was always like my biggest champion. And then I found other champions along the way. So I quit my job at the same time with my good friend, Stacy, from The Real Food Dietitians. And she we started our businesses basically at the same time. And so I had her and like locked arms with her. There were so many. I mean, we've had so many midnight, 12 a.m. calls where it's like both of us crying like this is nuts. I'm done. You know, I'm so over this. So I'm so glad I had her. We quit our jobs at the same time and went into this exact same career path. Hers was in food, mine was in fitness at the same time. And we linked arms and we still link arms. We're sharing brand context every day, every week. We're sharing each other's high earning RPM pages. Having that, having Stacey is the reason I'm still probably in this. And then I linked arm with other creators. Lee from Finds. the reason I stuck with it at year three, when you're like completely burnt out, you've got nothing left, you've been pouring your heart and soul into this and you're not making the money you thought you would, She opened up her financials and was like, look at where I was in year three. You are on track. Like, look at this. Like, year four, it's going to kick in. Year five, you're going to be making what you want to make. You are you know, like she showed me her financial path. Had someone that had gone before me not showed me their financial path, I think I would have given up. But I saw her numbers and I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I can do that, you know? And so I saw her path and that is what made me stick with it.
2: So you had mentioned that actually in a podcast, um, which was this year three mark, which I've actually not heard about it in the aspect of is, is it something that's very true in affiliate marketing? Was that kind of your primary income source at that time was all of the affiliate marketing that was coming through your blog?
0: Yeah. So not really affiliate marketing at all. So I really have we just started building our affiliate revenue streams truly now. Honestly, I found a way as a micro blogger, so to speak, or whatever, to work with brands. So a brand making money from brands was how I was truly making money. So it all comes full circle, right? Go back to the modeling. I was modeling for these big agencies. I'd show up for a play it again shoot. There was like a hairstylist, people, so much money. I'm like, this is costing them so much money to do a photo shoot where I'm like battling ropes for like 10 minutes for like a billboard. Like this is insane. And I'm making, you know, good money as a model. And I was like, I can do all of this, like a portion of what they're doing. This. So I started reaching out to brands. Fabletics literally was the first brand I worked with. I reached out to them and I was like, I know they're hiring out all these people in LA and doing these big studio shoots and whatever. And I was like, send me a couple outfits. I'll film some videos in them. I'll take some photos. I'll send it back to you and I'll do it for like a thousand bucks. And they were like, yeah, no. And I was like, just send me some outfits. And so they did. They sent me some outfits and they were like, do it. It do with them what you want, but we're not paying you. And so I filmed this content, sent it back to them and was like, here you go. Look at this awesome content I created, this workout video, this trailer, all these photos. And they're like, okay, that's pretty good. Can we put it on our blog? And I was like, yep, 25 bucks a photo. I mean, like I'm charging them penny. like 25 bucks a photo to have the video for $500. Like, But I thought, I was like, this is it. This is it. And they started paying me. Then I created this relationship. I started working for them. So I found a way as a small, like I had under 10,000 followers for sure, under like tiny. And I found a way to start working with brands by just like reaching out to brands, creating content for them, sending it to them before they even asked for it. And then when they would come back, they'd be like, oh yeah, 25 bucks a photo or whatever. And then that's how I started making money.
2: So when was this?
0: That was in like 2016, yeah. So I, 2015, right when I started, 2015, so that would have been 2016. I was like, I was tiny and I didn't know anybody, but I started creating this content because I was doing all these fitness modeling jobs. And I was like, look at all this money these brands are spending. I can do this for a portion of the cost. So I started to get to know the people on set. And honestly, that's how I got my first I was Chris frytag She's Get Healthy UTV. I got my first like online teaching. She, I was like her fitness model in the back doing these resistance bands. And I just walked up to her one day and I was like, hey, I just started filming workup videos. Would you ever take a look at them or have coffee with me? Or like, could, you know, and so she she did. I created this relationship with her. I was always her fitness model. I was always like on point. I showed up on time. I did my stuff. Started building this relationship. Sat down with her one day. She's the first person. I still mad about it. <laughs> that I sold. I, I filmed these 11, original 11 workout videos. Spent my like, Sales, career, savings to film these 11 workout videos to launch my business and DVD style at the time, and I sold them to her for two thousand bucks. And now I want them back because, but, but I was like, this is huge. And then I started working for her and filming content for her and got on her platform. She's got a ton of people. I a lot of my business was built off of starting with Get Healthy UTV. I started filming workouts for them. They had a big following, and then they stuck with me. People liked me as a trainer. I kept coming back. I was working for her. I was making good money,
2: showing up and filming classes way more than I was making in the studio. Got it. Okay. So that point in time then, because I think that's kind of when I got to kind of get to know who you were and everything like that. So that's like kind of like 2017, 2018. Yeah. When did you start kind of doubling down on your blog? And then when was YouTube actually starting to become a thing? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was putting out blog content from the beginning, not doing it appropriately, but I was putting it out. Like I was putting out blog content, random URLs, like here's my monthly favorite, like true blog style, kind of how blogs used to be like, here's my monthly favorites. Here's a random workout I wrote. Here's my favorite recipe. Like no idea what I was doing, but I was just putting content out. And then I saw like in order to make money off of just putting this blog content out, like people have to see it. Right. And so I'm like, I have these good workouts. I started using YouTube. When I was originally started my blog, but I was using it solely as like an FTP hosting site. Like I was uploading videos so I could embed them into my blog. Like I wasn't labeling them appropriately. I was not writing descriptions, no thumbnails, like just uploading the video so I had something to embed into my website. So I started uploading videos to YouTube back in 2016, 2017, horrible videos shot on my iPhone. Like I was just uploading them, right? This is all me. Like I'm doing this by myself. And then I was writing blog posts and the URLs were like my... 10 minute booty burning whatever workout I did today, like it was just content, content, content. And then I started realizing, in order to make money, you have to have SEO. And so, had I known that from the beginning, obviously it would change stuff. But you can only know what you know. And so, I had my first baby in 2017, and thought I was going to be like the cool mom who like had the baby on my hip and like ran a business. And then I went psycho, and it didn't work out. And I was realizing, like, in you know, order, I can't work full time and be a mom. And so. I made a choice to like truly double down and work, but then I brought in an employee. And so I was like, I need help doing this. So I brought in an employee in like 2017, Rachel, who's still with me, started like part-time being an intern. And she started helping me like, and I was like, okay, let's start diving into this stuff. I started doing SEO in 2018 when Bella was born, or not, Bella was born in 2019. 2019, my daughter was born. Because I remember like, right, she was born, she came out and I was like two weeks old sitting in a meeting with an SEO agency. So, and that's when I started doing SEO and taking it seriously was 2019. And man, did that change my business forever. And fortunately, I figured out SEO before COVID hit because that was a huge game changer because the search for at-home workouts imploded. And so fortunately, COVID imploded my business. Not the case for a lot of people, but definitely the case for at-home workouts. So I got serious about SEO in 2019. We figured it out and started having an SEO strategy. People started searching for at-home workouts. COVID happened. And then when COVID happened is when we started taking YouTube seriously. We were just same, uploading videos just for purposes. And then I was like, wow, a lot of people are watching our videos. Like people are actually using YouTube as like the primary source of how to watch workout videos. Why I didn't connect those dots sooner, my loss. But that's when 2020, 2021 is when we started taking YouTube seriously. And so a strategy I've implemented in my business Um, that has worked for us. It was like 2017, traffic was coming from Pinterest, majority of my over 50% of my traffic. So we invested in Pinterest. I hired a Pinterest agency. We outsourced it for six months, figured out how to do it, brought it back in-house. 2000. So every year we chose one thing to invest in. I forget what it was in 2018. 2019, it was SEO. We hired an SEO agency. They came in, helped us with SEO. We took it back in-house, right? So- we started wanting to get more into YouTube. So in YouTube 2021, after the whole COVID peak 2021, I was like, YouTube is our focus for 2021. And that's when we really started taking YouTube seriously. And I was on the cusp of hiring an agency and then I got accepted into the YouTube partnership program. So I got an account manager at YouTube. It was like an aha moment. And we finally had connection to YouTube and learned how to build a YouTube channel.
2: How many videos did you have at that time on your YouTube channel? I mean, a lot. You can scroll back. I mean, I I actually went back and deleted A lot
0: of them were like one minute uploads of like, I was working for random people at the time, the American Coaches, Volleyball Coaches Association. I was filming content for like the American Coaches Volleyball Association and uploading those videos. Like they have no relation to like my content. So I deleted a lot of stuff that like didn't make sense. So we've gone back and deleted some stuff um, just to clean up the clutter. But like, yeah, I mean, I had content, but it was all one minute videos. I wasn't filming full length videos until...
1: Brody was well,
0: no, even after Brody, I didn't start filming full length videos until to like 2018, 2019 is when we started filming full length videos. And that was the game changer.
1: And how did you know? And I, I guess this is the question I have is like, how did you know to look for an SEO agency? And how did you choose an SEO agency? Because I think once a day I get served an ad from an like an email from an SEO agency being like, I can help you. Yeah. So like, how do you, where do you start?
0: So we started learning SEO on our own. So there's a, a guy out there called hashtag Jeff, literally, like it's called hashtag Jeff. He's got an online course. Have you heard of him?
2: No. Okay. Oh. His name is hashtag Jeff. His emails are coming for us.
1: Yeah, They're seriously, coming for you, I know, right? I know. I'm thinking about it. If I got an email from hashtag Jeff, I'd be like, it's delete. You yeah. Know?
0: I've heard, I heard a hashtag Jeff from some other content creators. I was following, you know, like all these blog projects and people who are yeah. like, how to build a blog and Food Blogger Pro, Pinch of Yum, pe- local people, a lot of local people watching them grow. And uh, people are saying hashtag Jeff was because SEO is broad, right? SEO for content creators and for bloggers is different than it is for SEO for a brick and mortar. So SEO, hashtag Jeff was creating an online course for content creators. So I was like 25 bucks a month, done. We signed up, we started taking his course, me and my, Rachel, and we started taking his course and like learning about it. And so we started diving into SEO. And then I was like, okay, like we're learning a lot. We now have a base knowledge, but like in order to have, we need an SEO audit of our site because it's a hot mess. So where do we even start? And so- Chris Freitag, who I had worked for, she had hired Uproar SEO, their local agency. Like she knew the guy who was running it. Her son played hockey with him or something. So I was like, great, I'll take him. So that was that way.
1: Okay. So it was like it was through a personal connection then
0: yeah but so we did the online we learned we took a 25 dollar a month course for a while learned and then we outsourced it to an agency and then they give us the recommendations and then they're like oh yeah you know for five thousand dollars a month we can do all this for you and i was like no we'll do it ourselves thanks
2: yeah i mean i feel like so much of that in life is just like your personal connections like if you pitch me an email to be honest i'm not going to reply but if a yeah. friend recommends somebody yeah it's like you're instantly vetted so you're just like okay let's do this mm-hmm. so i think that's so interesting like i I'm very bullish on YouTube. Like I'm just going to make a giant blanket statement if you know me, that I'm gonna just like try to bring you into my YouTube world in a very deep, dark way, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have to feel like that's gotta be so difficult. So bring me back to like, you know, we're like, it's like March 15th, 2020. You've started to see the power of video. And then you have two kids at the time and now the world is in COVID. Like, were you able to film videos? Like, what was going on at that moment? Like, it can, I know what was happening to me and it wasn't great. So
0: uh, I can definitely tell you. So what happened is
2: my husband has a full time job, also plays professional
0: beach volleyball on the side. Our life is like far from normal. I'm running a business that has finally taken off. Like, I'm finally my business is in the cusp of taking off. And now I'm the one who's forced to stay home with two kids. During the COVID, era, like we're all in, we're in lockdown and I'm staying home with two kids and I'm the primary caregiver because my husband has a legit job that's, you know, bringing in a everyday income. But my business has finally taken off. This baby I've worked so hard for is finally taken off. And it was like the colliding of my worlds. And like you said, I'll, I remember sitting we're women's business circle, like on the Zoom call with other women who own businesses and everybody's just bawling. And we're all like so unwell because You're trying to run. My business has finally taken off. I've worked so hard for this. And now I have to stay home with my two children and figure out how to run this business that's finally taken off. And like, I can't go to the studio and film workout. Like at the time I'd finally hired out. I have a professional videographer now, like I'm not shooting on my iPhone anymore, but we can't go to the studio and film with them because the world's in lockdown. And so we had just done a shoot, like literally before they shut down. And I was like, well, we have some content, but then I literally just started filming live workout. Everyone went to the live space. So I started filming live workouts on my iPhone again of me and my husband working out. Like, here's what we're doing. We literally trapped the kids downstairs. They're watching Frozen. And here we are like, like literally like there's a video where my husband like runs downstairs. We're like, oh, one of the baby fell off the couch. Like it's like in a video and everybody loved it. They loved it because they could relate to it. And everyone was like, I still go back and do that workout all the time. I remember when your baby fell off the couch and, and your husband had to run and go get the baby. And I was like, they loved it because it was relatable. We were all in lockdown trying to find 30 minutes to ourselves to work out.
2: Yeah. I always, uh, it was like when Allie Wang had a a Netflix thing and she was like, oh, let me go find the babysitter. And she was like, put the kids in front of the TV. It's like, there's just like moments where you're like, yes, this is. I mean, that was like the funny thing of, it's on a previous one, but yeah, I like had an oh shit moment. I almost dropped the baby while I was like breastfeeding and everything like that. Because it's just like. Yeah.
0: I I just remember sitting here like there's so many pictures of me during COVID with I had a baby who was also on my boob at the time like and me just sitting on the computer and like doing this thing like my husband would like take a picture of me and he'd be it was just like that was
2: life it was a wild ride it is but I do I think it it's so relatable though it's the moments that are so relatable that we just never share yeah do you find do you try to share it's a tricky balance and you've mentioned it before on several podcasts of this like you are a person you have this personal life, but you're also a business and you have this brand. Like, how do you, do you try to set boundaries and balance the two? Or is it just kind of, you're like, it is what it is at the moment? Yeah,
0: definitely. It's uh, something you're constantly navigating. In the beginning, I felt like I had to share so much more because I was trying to build. Like I was sharing every Sunday, here's what I got at the grocery store. And like, you know, it's like so much because you're trying to build and like get people in. And then now I've definitely pulled way back from that in the sense of, I, this is my business, right? Like, I try to keep it my business. And because I don't want to be the person who's like always on the phone, like, tell, like, honestly, I'm not, I don't have an interesting life. I'm not doing anything like that cool. Like no one wants to like follow my stories all day. Like there's nothing glamorous to see here type of thing as well as like, yeah, this is my business. My whole job with going on Instagram stories is to either get you to click a link to my website or to, you know, like share something that I have to share for like, it's a business. Like this is a business. And yes, while I want to share some personal connections, I'd rather do that like in the midst of filming my workout videos than like being on social media all the time. And it's just not life-giving for me. And it really became not life-giving when there was a point where like, this is my business. I have to give it all I got 100% of the time. So in 2017, I'm sitting there constantly like, you know, I got a new baby. I got a husband. Every time we got in the car, it was me responding to DMs and doing all this stuff and constantly. And there was a point where I had to realize when did these strangers on the Internet become more important than these people in my life that I love so much? And these strangers on the internet were way more important than I was like, this is so backwards. And the script had to flip. And so a question I'm constantly asking myself, if I'm going to like get on the phone when we're in the car or like try and knock out some work, like who is more important right now? This random person I don't know who's sending me a DM asking me what protein powder I use or my five-year-old who wants to, me to read a book to him. Like, you know, like it's this constant and you'll never like, am I, do I get it right hundred percent of the time? Absolutely not. But it's a question I'm constantly asking myself is like,
2: who's more important? Yeah. I love that you said that because it was actually uh, hopefully this is a gift for you is once a friend told me she was like, some days you're a great business owner and some days you're a great mom, but rarely are you both at the same time. And I was like, it just was I was like, I'm okay with that statement. You know, like
0: there's times when my business is crushing and I feel like I'm a terrible mom and there's times where I feel like I'm a good mom. My business is I'm I'm dropping all the balls. And so it's like this constant.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like it's just a story you're telling yourself, though? Like, is that really true? Like, can't both things be true at the same time? Can't you? can't you both be a good mom and a good business owner like cuz like aren't you like just getting down on yourself cuz you feel like you're dropping the ball but isn't that just reality like Here's you a have to prioritize sorry mm-hmm. that brought
0: me to tears the other night so my daughter had her first dance class like you know she's pumped she's 3 I take her to her first dance class and it was it's at 5:30 to 6 and i was like great i it was shooting workouts all day i got to get online i have a couple emails i got to kick back perfect i'll go to her dance class my husband's home with the other two kids so He'll handle that and I'll get to like crank out these couple emails while I'm watching her do dance. So she goes, I drop her off the studio. She's pumped. I take a picture. Woo. We're good to go. She gets in the studio. Great. Mom opens her laptop, crank out my couple emails. I had to get done, close my laptop. We get in the car and she goes, mommy, why weren't you watching me dance? You were on your computer the whole time. Like it's still like, oh, like that was a dagger. Yeah. Still cuts me deep. And so I was telling my girlfriend who runs a business about this and I was like, that sucked. I did not like hearing that. And like, and she's like, what your daughter doesn't understand and you like it's so hard because they'll call you out on everything right They yeah. see you or everything she's like is that mommy is building this like amazing business and you saw a window of opportunity of 30 minutes while she was at dance class entertained by like a teacher or like learning instructions from another human. So you could do this so that you could read to her at bedtime instead of feeling right. You know, like it's like I was carving out these 30 minutes. I saw it as an opportunity to answer emails so that I could go home and have dinner with her and then like read her a bedtime story and be present with her during that time versus like. Or like that I'm building this thing so that I can, you know, be with her more and have more flexibility and go part-time in the summers to And we can still make money. And like, there's so much more to it. Right. Like it's not like, but through the lens of my three-year-old, like that cut me deep.
1: Yeah. Like how do you tell them that life is going to be full of trade-offs?
2: Yeah. Constant trade-offs. Yeah, I think I, uh I, it's just so hard as an entrepreneur, but I, it, The kids is a complicated part of it because I I get it. I was like, very much so. I'm personally excited, like on my personal fitness journey. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, oh, there's swimming lessons at Lifetime where I can drop my kid off and then I can just go work out. Like I don't want, like, I'm going to just say, I don't want to have to watch you all the time. There are moments I do want to watch you, but I also want to take care of me sometimes. And I think it's like that two things can be true at the same time. Like I do want you to be in dance class and I will watch you a bunch of the time, but also there are times where I need to crush this. And, you know, I think it's, it's just really hard. I just want to say, like, I, I see you. I constantly am struggling with that as well. And I mean, I think it's just you make tweaks and improvements, but I like perfect is always like the enemy of progress. You know, I mean, you had spoken to it on other things where it is like you are making progress in kind of balancing those things like you had mentioned on a previous podcast that you have certain times where you, your team is managing all of the social, so you don't have to be part of it. Is that kind of still the true scenario? And
0: yeah, so I definitely, that's a part of my life that I had to like put a a
2: boundary on
0: because it becomes so consuming, right? Like people just want more. They want all of you. They'll take all of you if you give it to them. And they're constantly asking for more. And I was like, I just social media was sucking the life out of me, like sucking the life out of me. And so now we're at a really good place. Like I was doing it always every weekend. Like I was like, I should never ask my team to work on the weekend. And now it's like we rotate every fourth weekend you're on. So I get three weekends off and one weekend on and like so much more manageable.
2: I think that's interesting. You just said something that I personally have had to deal a lot with is I don't want my team to have to do it, but then I put it all on myself and then I'm sacrificing. And then you, you, did you ever get to a point where you almost grew resentful of this thing that you built? So resentful. So resentful. Like, how did you move past that a little bit?
0: Yeah. I was like, I mean, just like I, there were so many times where I'm just like, I want to quit. This is horrible. I'm done. I'm done putting my life out there. I don't care. And you put something, you know, and you're just, it's vulnerable. You're open to people giving you feedback on stuff like that. Right. And so I've just learned, the less personal stuff I share like that. I just don't have to deal with that too. And there's times where I, there's seasons of like, where I'm more in and I'm like, I'm willing to be here and show up. And then there's seasons where I'm out. Like after I have a baby, I'm out. I turn off comments on Instagram, like, and my, you can't message, like you can message us, but you can't just like reply to a story. Like I'm out, like emotionally tapped out right now. And people start to respect that. If you start to say it, like there's people are like, oh, can we get a 5.30 a.m. workout from you before work? And I'm like, no, that's my time with my kids. Like, I work full time, you know, or like, oh, well, I just got asked the other day to like commit to something on the weekend. And I'm like, nope, that's my time with my kids. I'm, you know, like, and I feel like I can draw those boundaries because I have come to a place where I can. Early in my career, I was doing anything and saying yes to everything because I feel like I had to. Like, I was trying to make it, as I've grown in my career, you can set more boundaries, I feel like. But in the beginning, you just got to do it all.
2: yeah. I wish I kind of like I've reflected on that statement a lot. And I do because I do. I feel like I personally, I'd be curious what you think about it, Andrew. But like I personally, I know like I worked full time and I went to college full time and then I was building like this jewelry career on the side. And it's like I personally have reflected and I'm like, wow, like I don't have a lot of milestones that people had in their college. Like they're like, oh, the college parties or whatever. I don't have any of those because literally I would go from college to working my job and then I'd work more like and it was just like this constant flow and everything do you ever reflect back and do you it's tricky because I don't want to say like there's just trade-offs to thing and everything but have you come to see like what I guess like I'm getting there to my statement and everything like that but like I look back at it and part of me would get sad but then I also look at what I've done now and what other people haven't done and now I'm actually quite content with it have you come to kind of this contentment point where you're like I don't know if I view them as much as trade offs as much as this is what I do have now. So I was literally having this conversation
0: with my mom the other day because she was like, "Remember when I would come down to your room at 2 a.m. and you'd be up on working on a high school project? Like you were always just." And I was like, "I am. Why did I ever work so hard? Why did I work so hard in high school to get straight A's? Why did I work so hard in college to be cum laude and be on the honor society and be all these things? And you know, why did I work so hard? Like it's not needed. Like none of this was needed. No one cares what my GPA was." And she's like, that's what's gotten you to where you are, right? Like this work ethic that like is ingrained in you. Like I was like, I just hired, because I just hired And employee. I was like, I just hired her. I have no idea what her GPA is. Why did I ever work so hard? Like, I, don't, I didn't care what her, I didn't care anything about her GPA. I didn't ask her what her GPA was. She was probably on her resume. I didn't care. I didn't look at it. Like, I'm not interested in what your GPA is. I'm interested in like what you're capable of. And so I was like, what? But it's like that all that hard work. Why did I model cat bracelets at 3 a.m.? Like, was that really necessary to make ends meet? And it's like that stuff, all that stuff I did makes where I am today feel so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then I also look back and I have a hard time because like everyone who's built a business, you build a business because you want more time. You want to be able to control your schedule, all this stuff. And it's just this past year is the first time I've really started to look at that and be like, why do I get so stressed out every time I have a sick kid? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I get so stressed out every time I got to rearrange? Like every working mom battles this, but like, why is it like the world is ending? Like I, because I'm a perfectionist, I have a rigid schedule and a rigid mindset and it's hard for me to adapt. Like that's something I've learned about myself, but like I built this business so I could have more flexibility. So I could be home with my kids more. Like when COVID hit, it was like some of those coolest moments. Like I got to just go for walks in the middle of the day in nature with my kids. At the time I was like bawling my eyes out because I was like, Oh, my to-do list is so long. You know what I mean? But like, it's just like, why did it, why am I so stressed out all the time and so busy all the time? And like, finally this year, I was like, I'm so done working so hard. Like, you know, like there's a reason sabbaticals exist. There's a reason, like, I have eight years of just pounding, never giving up like 5am to midnight, always logging on at night. Like at what point is this worth more money or more whatever? Like,
1: yeah, that's, that's, <clears throat> excuse me. That's actually something I was talking to Larissa about is that, um, I was, I told her cause she was kind of going through this a little bit recently uh, it's something I've been kind of working through over the last year is basically um, like entrepreneurs don't, and I heard this in a book, entrepreneurs don't, um, they don't drive themselves crazy by their goals. They drive themselves crazy by the timelines they put those goals inside of. So like on those days where we feel like, oh man, I have a sick kid. It's going to ruin my entire day because I'm supposed to get all this stuff done. It's because you're on this timeline where you're like, well, I had a plan for the day and it was on this timeline where it's like, well, no, we built these businesses to have more time and have this flexibility and freedom. That stuff will still get done. It just may be another day. Like, and I think that's, that's okay. And like, we get so stuck in these little timelines. Yeah. We have to break out of them.
0: Right. And I mean, I had, you know, you asked me. Five years ago, I was like, when I can make $10,000 a month in ad revenue, I will have made it, made it. And then I made that. And then it was like, well, if I make 20,000, I will have made it, you know? And then it just, it just kept going up. It kept going. And now I'm like at a such a good place. And I'm like, still never satisfied. Like there's never a satisfaction or content. And that's the downfall of every creator, I think. Right. It's like, if I get a million subs on YouTube, I will have made it. You get the million subs and you're like, well, what's next? You know, it's like, there's, like you said, you got to stop. And so for me, finally this summer, I was like, it's, it's done. When I started my business, the whole reason was so I could be a mom and a business owner. And those two things are so hard to be, especially when it's just so hard. So this, this summer was the first time I said, I'm going part-time. I'm officially, like I told my husband, I'm like, I feel like it's finally my time. Like I have a team in place. And like, I just keep hearing like, slow down. Like everything is telling me to slow down. I got, I tore my meniscus filming workout. Like I've always been pushed past the point. When I filmed my first 11 workout videos, I filmed them with a fractured foot on the 11th. Ele- There's supposed to be 12 videos on the 11th video. My foot broke. I came down from a tuck jump, complete fracture Foot broke. We couldn't film the twelfth video. But I was like, I always push through, right? This last video series we just filmed, Strong Twenty, my one that went live for New Year. Video number nine, video number eight, I tore my meniscus. Boom, completely torn. I sat there and I was like, Oh, well, give me some Tylenol and Ibuprofen because I'm going to be out for the next couple months. Let's film these last two videos so we can complete the program. Film the program. And then I went into surgery the next day and got my meniscus repaired and like was in a, you know, and like, how am I going to figure this out? I film workout videos for a living and I don't have a leg now. Like I've always been pushed past. Like I, I'm limitless. That is, I am so many emotional. I've finally learned you have limits and you have
1: limits for a reason. And I have to respect my limits. Yeah. And so since you did take a step back, have you noticed growth in your company or has it, has it affected the, the bottom line?
0: So, my husband, and I literally sat down. I literally just told him, like, here's my, you know, here was my last, here was our August revenue. It's September now. Here's our August revenue. Said, so, how does it feel that you finally decided to work less for the first time in your life and you made more money than you've ever made in your life? Right. And I was like,
1: it's possible. Yeah, it is possible. So,
2: I think it's so interesting because what you just said, I don't know. How did you get there? Was it just that you broke down so far? Or did you have like a coach or a therapist that kind of, or like a thought partner? Like, I don't, I'm
0: not, not saying that I don't, I did have a therapist who I still use, I reference all the time. So in 2017, uh, when I was in the midst of growing my business and I had my, my son was 12 days old and my mom went into cardiac arrest and I had to do CPR for nine minutes. And like my life went completely flipped upside down in that moment. And I became someone I didn't recognize. I've never been an empathetic person. I've always thought you just buck up, you get through life, you just do things right. Like you just power through. And that was the first time in my life I dealt with like postpartum depression, anxiety, rage, all that stuff just like gave me so much more empathy for moms. And that's why I love doing what I do because I know there's so many moms who just had a baby and they're at home dealing with this and they have no one to connect with them. And so I can just enter their home for 30 minutes a day and give them just like a thought to make them feel better about themselves for the day. That's why I love filming workout videos for moms because it's so isolating and it's so lonely. And I realized that. And so, I mean, everything you go through that's hard in life makes you better. Now I look back and I'm so grateful for that season. I grew so much. I became such a better person. My character was refined through it all. But you go through those really hard seasons. And I think I have them like every five years. (laughs) I swear. This last year, I was like, things were good. My business was soaring. I had hired somebody. Like I had a baby in April. That was awesome, right? But also, having a baby is really hard because it forces you to like take maternity leave, figure out your life, and trying to run a business while on a maternity leave that you truly really never get. I tore my meniscus filming our New Year's program, and I film workout failure videos for a living. I was at six months. I remember filming like when I'm filming those workouts. I was literally saying like I'm in such a horrible season of life. This is so hard. I have three kids, trying to run a business. is so hard. And then I tore my meniscus, and now I was like, now I can't walk. And I have three kids, and I have a business. And then guess what? We bought a house and we moved. Two weeks after I tore my meniscus. And like, you can't move with the torn. So here I am, like, moving com- houses, packing up one house, trying to move to another. So meanwhile, my husband was gone for 16 weeks out of that summer. So I had a baby. My husband left two days after I had my baby to go play volleyball tournaments and was gone every other weekend. <laughs> like, talk about hard. Like, I didn't give my, I can hold my breath for a really long time. And I did it. And I held my breath all that summer. I watched the kids while my husband traveled. I wanted to support him. Like, I love him. He's so great at what he does, he's got a gift. He was traveling, playing volleyball. That last tournament, <laughs> he went on his last tournament. And I was like three weeks post-surgery or something, couldn't walk. Our furnace went out at 4 a.m. The house was freezing. Oh, man. He's like in California playing. Like I brought, I was like st- in my furnace in my basement, just like I'll never forget, it, like pounding the furnace, sobbing. Like I have three babies who are crying. I can hardly walk. It was life was coming yeah. crashing down. And it slowly just kept crashing and crashing and crashing. And so... Finally, I think in like November of this past year, when we moved into our new house, I hated my new house. I hated it so much because I was like, we moved into this big, beautiful house and I hate everything about it because I have to make more money to pay for this. and I have to work harder. And I just, this is like, you know, I just I hate this house. I hated it so much. And there was like so much resentment about just life and everything. And that's when I just like, I broke. And I was like, I'm done. I want nothing to do with any of this anymore. And I was doing good. Like we were successful. Things were going good. But I was like, I'm out. And that's when I really had to start reevaluating my priorities. I started reading To Hell With Hustle, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I started reading these books, listening to their podcast. And I was like, something's got to give. And
1: so that's when I decided to make a change. Yeah, sometimes the universe just comes and it gives you all the signs. You're yeah. like, hey, uh, you're you're doing too much. You're doing something like change.
2: Yeah, I always just, yeah, I always like to think the universe will keep smacking you upside the head sometimes and trying to tell you something. And sometimes it's unfortunate, but you have to learn in the hardest way possible. But because then I think you internalize it though, too. It's just as like the harder the lesson, I have to say like the, the deeper the learning. And I feel you. Last year, I cried so much. I mean, like sitting on that desk, right there I was just like I just opened up this store and I wanted to be like fuck this shit like I'm done like I like I've worked so hard and it just keeps getting harder and yeah like for me I had to I went to coaching I was like I just need like I cannot get out of my head and I just don't know like something's got to give so thank you Lindsay just for like yeah it's so hard like this entrepreneur thing is like it's so fucking great and it's so fucking hard. It's like, that's why we started this thing is because it's yeah. like the high highs and they're the lowest of lows. Like, it's just nothing like anything else. So like
0: I this November, I won't forget it. Like we're driving to Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving, everybody's happy, right? I cried the entire, my husband was like, we have to turn around. Like we can't go. I was like, I just couldn't pull it together. I was like, I'm just done. I'm so broken. Everything is broken. Like I'm so done, <laughs> you know? And it was like, that was when I was like, okay, something's got to change. And it did. And then I went part time this summer. And I've found so much joy in like scaling back and like, like c- you can't be like, I work to the point of exhaustion every day. That is so unhealthy, so unhealthy. It's like trying to park a car that's driving at 70 miles an hour every night, just boom into bed. You know what I mean? Like I'm driving to everybody's, every day, just, boom. And I'm like, just supposed to like stop and like, you know what I mean? It's like, just like at some point, something's got to just give. Yeah. And My body gave, <laughs> like, Yeah. you know, my body gave and I was like, okay, I got to start listening.
2: So- in a weird way I want to kind of go forward then like because I think that's amazing that you went part time like you seem very goal oriented do you have kind of like what you hope the next year is going to be for you personally and then also for your nourish move love
0: Yeah I mean we always have growth goals right like yeah. and we're definitely we're growing which is phenomenal YouTube is one of our Fastest growing platforms are really focused on YouTube and continuing to grow YouTube. And we're actually entering into your world. I have no idea what I'm doing. We're launching
2: merch. (laughs) I was going to ask that during this because like very much so like for content creators, that's huge. Like Casey Ho of Bogalatis, you know, Emma Chamberlain of like, like I told you people I'm deep on the YouTube verse, like Chamberlain Chamberlain Coffee, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's not even talk about Prime. Like that's a whole different world. So yeah. Once you dive into it and you start learning about the
0: YouTube world, right? Like a lot of YouTubers are making more money in merch than they are in ad revenue or in anything else. So we launched memberships, which is our first paid ask ever in March of 2022 and no, this year. What year are we in? 2023. Oh my gosh! I
2: did that literally the other day. You are normal.
0: In March of 2023, this year, we launched memberships, and it just—it literally catapulted our YouTube revenue. It doubled it. So now we have, and so YouTube is just, and so now merch is like our next step. And so it's something I've honestly—we've been getting asked for forever. And I'm like, I want nothing to do with it. It doesn't excite me. I'm not about it. I don't want to inventory anything. I don't want to deal with the headache of people. I give away free content. I don't have to give you customer service. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, we love our people, but like you know, that's a different thing. Like now, I got to deal with returns and exchange. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. And it's gotten to a point where it's gotten so out of control of people taking our logo off our site and making all their own stuff that like, there's so many people wearing all and I'm like, that's not my brand. I don't, you know, so, so we're finally like, okay, we got to rein it in. We're going to create our own merch. We're getting asked for it so much. And now I am excited about it. Like, I'm really excited. We're going to start small, simple, like it'll be really fun. I can't wait to wear a pair of Holy Bananas crew socks, like...
2: I'm pumped about it. So now oh my I'm, God, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. Lindsay says holy bananas in her videos all of the time and it is, yes. Yeah, it's become yeah. like our little thing, yeah. right? And that's what that's what the YouTube
1: stuff
0: is. It's all like cheek, you know, it's like yeah. so everyone's got a saying or whatever. So I'm super pumped about it. It'll be really fun. So we're always exploring new revenue streams. You know, the average millionaire has seven revenue streams. Yeah. So I'm constantly like, where can we put find another revenue stream? Where can we pull from? Which one is doing good? Which one do we push out, you know, if Google goes away tomorrow or Google changes their algorithm, there goes 38% of my revenue, right? Because we get 38% of our traffic from Google. So I need to figure out, constantly have a, a wide mm-hmm. variety of revenue streams. And so we're exploring that. So we always have goals, growth goals and... Um, We're exploring some other stuff too. I'm really excited for it. My team is awesome. We're constantly growing. But for me, I'm in this internal battle. So I went back to work full-time when my kid, so I have a first grader. He went back to school full-time just here in September. So I went. my goal is part-time for summer. When it actually really isn't part-time, I give my team Fridays off in the summer. And so I really just took Wednesdays off. So I said, in addition to having Fridays off, I'm going to take 12 Wednesdays off this summer. So I took 12 more days off, which is like, you know, like I don't take PTO. Yeah. <laughs> I took 12 <laughs> days of PTO. So really that's what you call part-time. But it was so great because between, you know, as a mom, between the hours of five and seven, I get like the worst of my kids. I get the hungry kids, the yeah. tired kids, the whatever kids. I got the best of my kids. I got to wake up and have slow mornings and take them to the mm. zoo. And like, I don't know, I had this really, I, this was the first time I ever took my kids to the zoo. I have a six-year-old a three and a half-year-old and a one-year-old. I've never taken my six-year-old to the zoo. Like what's wrong with me? I work too much. So that was my goal. I had bucket lists I wanted to do. We did them. It was awesome. It was joyful. And now they're back in school full time and my soul is like crushed. And I'm like, now I'm back to just like the five to seven. I'm like, I want more. So I don't know what it looks like right now. I'm still working full time and my kids are back in school full time. I'm definitely going to go part time again for summer, but I'm trying to figure out a new, I think my new part time is to like drop them off every day. And my son gets done at two forty five with school. I'd love to pick him up and send us instead of sending him to after school programming. It's this hard line of like, I have a team to manage. I got work to put out. If we wanna hit these revenue goals, we gotta put out six new videos a month. We figured out our rep- we figured it out. I need six new videos a month on YouTube, two lives. I need eight to ten blog posts, republishes a month. Like we have this down to a science. And so I either need to hire more people, hire another person, replicate myself to film workout video. Like I need creative space too by I'm constantly chipping away, but I'm cutting into my margins. Like I have no time to write workouts now. That's what people come to me for is workouts. I need to write them. So it's figuring that out. But I definitely, I'm at a place where I want to figure out a new reality because work is just not that important.
2: Do you hope, to kind of, because it, while Nourish Move Love is your brand, it's not like you didn't put your name to it. Do you hope to kind of build out the Nourish Move Love community with different instructors or something like that?
0: I know, that's a question I'm constantly getting asked. And right now, no. I don't know, I, I, I go back and forth on like, I have a team of three. That's, I don't know how anyone has a team bigger than that. It's hard to manage. like, you know, like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, we got a small team. I don't know if I ever you really- people that manage people then, is what you have. That's, yes, and I haven't figured that out yet. I just don't know if, how big I want my team to truly get or how much I want to manage. Um, I love it where it's at right now. Everyone's in their zone of genius. We're operating really well together. So I don't know if I ever want to, I feel like part of it is too, like I feel like the reason people come to us is for a certain thing, like, right? It's hard to find, not saying I'm this like great instructor or whatever, but like it's hard to find someone else that matches my dynamic or personality style. So, and we're good at what we're good at. I focus, I've taken away the recipes I'm good at strength training I crush strength training I I like bar I used to be really good at bar it's I, I love strength training more so bar has gone a little bit more by the wayside but like I'm really good at bar I'm really good at strength training I'm not gonna film yoga workouts a ton I'm not that great at it like it's not my pace it's not my could I bring in a yoga instructor yeah but then I don't know am I starting to dilute my brand like we Google has a hub and spoke model. Like, here's what you're really good at, and you just keep doing it, and mm-hmm. that's what performs for us. Like, I'm sticking to what we're really good at right now, and just keeping focusing on that. And how can I get better at that? How can I be better at what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'll bring in more people, but I did intentionally did not put my name on it because I didn't want it to be like. I'm not saying this is how you feel. Oh, like I didn't want it to fine. be the Lin- Lindsay Baumgren show. You know, like this. I I didn't show up to film workouts to like become some famous instructor. I just really stink and love fitness, and I think it's really fun. And it makes me such a better person. And the fact that I get to share that with other people for free, coolest job ever.
2: So I always think it's so interesting to kind of like look under the hood, so to speak, of a business. Like who, what is your team?
0: Yeah. So I have a Rachel who started with me as like an intern and has grown into so much more. So Rachel is our creative She manages our Pinterest. She creates all the graphics you'll see for YouTube thumbnails, which, oh my goodness, that was something we were majorly screwing up. You could have the best content ever if you have a crappy thumbnail. Like We've gotten so much better at that. So thumbnails, titling, all that stuff. So she creates all of our graphics. She's our creative girl. She creates all of our reels. I don't even know how to put a reel together. That's a true story. I do not know how to create a reel. I love that for you. I film them all the time. I film the content for them, and then I hand it all to Rachel. I don't know how to create one myself, and I love it, and I don't want to know.
1: I feel like it changes every time I'm in there as well. I'm like, what is, that, what, why is this there? I'm not
0: good at it. It's not my strong story. You can tell when I'm on Instagram stories, it's like random crappy text. And if here's a picture, like when Rachel does it, it's like beautiful and awesome and so good. So she should do it. So Rachel's our graphics and creative. She does awesome at it. And then, and she's like my trendy, you know, and she's my low impact leader. She's in the workouts with me as a modifier now. And then we have Megan who is like our most organized behind the scenes. She's a great writer. She's a content writer. She writes a lot of our blog posts. Rachel also writes some blog posts. She does all of our republishes. So we do eight to 10 blog posts, republishes a month, refreshing old content. She does all of our SEO. So she finds the keywords that we need to like capitalize on. Um, what we're filming programs for. She does writes all of our email newsletters. She's like behind the scenes, keeps us organized, content writer. And then we recently brought on Caroline who is managing all things social. And then we launched this YouTube community. So she's interacting with our YouTube community, keeping them alive, managing all the social on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm over here doing, trying to get myself into more high level. I still write all the workouts, film all the workouts, I manage all of our brand contracts and brand partnerships, which I love because that's a business sales side of me. So I love that. I manage a lot of our affiliate partnerships and affiliate relationships and yeah, the business logistics sides of stuff.
1: So it sounds like you got really good at letting go of some of those other things. Oh yeah. It took, right? it took
0: me Yeah, And
1: those other areas that you were good at doing. It sounds like all you need to do now is just get good at letting go of some of those other things that you're currently doing, like filming the workouts.
0: Yeah, I know. I don't know if I can let that go. Like bringing in someone else seems so hard. Like I have a certain way I do it. And feel, yeah. And I don't know. So I don't know. I have to ask my audience if they want more people, if they want more. I mean, they always want more workouts, right? But
2: uh, I mean, Mr. Beast brought in more people. Yeah. So, yeah. Ludwig and whatever it's like a whole different world whenever I go into the Mr. Beast world I'm just literally I'm like the gamer world and everything like that I'm just like wow. number one industry on YouTube it blows my mind I get online with these people and I'm like I'm negotiating a contract
0: right now with like the knee per- like uh, I wear this wear knee sleeve whatever for my knee and their biggest contract right now is with a guy who wears them on his wrist for gaming And I'm like you've got to be kidding me these gamers are crushing it
2: they are crushing it. I mean, they just—did you see this? They just released a cup of noodles with caffeine in it, and it's being marketed towards the gaming community. So that way, they can have their nudes and.
1: It's like okay. the opposite of your brand.
2: It,
0: it, it's crazy. I'm like, this is. I'm like, who's watching this on knew Who's going to YouTube to watch other people? Like, it blows my mind. But like, yeah, YouTube is a wild, wild entity. Um, I wish I would have taken advantage of it sooner and 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 been better at it sooner, but you only know what you know. But now we're we're doing awesome and I love YouTube.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think just for our audience in general, like I think I I'm very much so like I I'm trying to figure out how to uncraft it for my brand because it's like the reverse a little bit and everything like that. But for you, I'm very curious, like what were the steps that you took to kind of start like was there like you saw this course and you kind of started taking this to start understanding YouTube or was it just kind of like MVP? I'm just pushing out content and then just one thing it kind of it hit. We were just yeah pushing out content. And then I
0: started diving into, you know, we all started diving into YouTube and figuring, okay, who's successful at this and how are they, why successful? So we're like a blue ocean strategy in the sense of like, if you film workout videos, you are either a YouTuber who puts out free content video every single day. So we're competing with people who are putting out a video every day, but all they do is YouTube, right? That's all they do, YouTube. Or you have an app. Right, so you have an app. So like we're, com- I'm competing with my major competitors are Women's Health magazine, Men's Health magazine. We're published. we're an online publishing company. We are SEO first. Majority of my money comes from ad revenue on our website. So when I hit publish on a video, I'm trying to rank for the five best chest exercises for women. I'm trying to beat out Women's Health, Men's Health. I'm trying to rank on that first page of Google so you click on that, and then as a bonus you get the full YouTube video. Right. So now we're tab- now we've tapped into YouTube. So now we're kind of like in both. But I'm competing with YouTubers who are putting out a video every day because all they're doing is a YouTube video. You got to write a title, a description, a thumbnail. Boom, you're done. We're doing SEO. Pins, email newsletters, social, Google stories, YouTube shorts. Like we are doing it all. It's a such comprehensive strategy. But if YouTube changes their algorithm tomorrow, I got a strategy to fall back on. If right. Google changes theirs, we are very multi faceted, which I love about us. And it's opened our eyes so much more and how we create content. We film some workouts for Google, some are for YouTube, some are for my audience. Like, everything we do is so strategic. People think I just show up and film a full-body workout because I'm filming a full-body workout. Like, no. We just filmed five workouts yesterday. There was a 49-page document that went with those five videos of what the YouTube title is going to be, what the URL is going to be, what the thumbnail is going to look like, what pictures we need for the blog, what the pins are going to look like. I mean, it is all dialed in before we even show up to shoot it.
1: What's the timeline on that? For, for what? Like, for writing that 49-page document.
0: I'm in the midst of writing one. We shoot again next week.
1: So is it Weekly?
0: Right now we're doing two a month because we're in the midst of shooting our New Year's program. So we're working that far ahead. So it's September and we're shooting the content that will go live in New Year's because our New Year's programs are really beastly. Typically, we're filming once to twice a month. So I'm creating those documents once to twice a month. So I'm writing the workouts and then I reach out to like Rachel, I'll pull thumbnail in- inspo images for these. What reels are we going to get to sh- accompany this? What YouTube shorts are going to accompany this? Megan, pull the SEO for this. Here's the keywords I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And then Caroline's going in and pulling YouTube comments that we can drop into the video and overlay. Like we're going to drop this YouTube comment in like Cindy from Carolina said she loves deadlifts. Cindy, this workout's for you. You know, so we're, ga- we're engaging our audience. I mean, we've dialed it all in before we show up to shoot so it takes me a, like a week to put those documents together like okay. over i mean i'm not it's like over a week i chip away at it yeah to put it together our team puts it together and then we show up to shoot and we're dialed in we crank out five videos we know every picture we're going to shoot every thumbnail we're going to shoot and we just crank out five videos and we bulk edit or bulk produce content which is really hard to film five workout videos in a day so i'm super sore
1: <laughs>
2: bet I'm so impressed by that. So, and it sounds like to me, like you're the architect of this and then kind of like, is it, is it more of a collaborative process or do you have it all kind of pretty dialed into your brain like that? This is what we're doing.
0: Yeah, we get it pretty dialed in. Um, I think, yeah, I'm kind of crazy like that. I'm a planner to like a, you know, and so we all contribute and we all bring in ideas and it's really great. And I love having the team now that I can throw ideas that I finally have a team I can like bounce ideas off of. And everyone's so good at contributing. Because I'll be like, okay, what are we going to do? We have a large contract with Lululemon. And I'm like, what are we filming for Lulu this month? Like every month we have to create content for them. And like, how are we going to crush this? And so in an authentic way, you know, like how am, how am I going to share a reel that's like relatable to my audience? And I'm not just pushing Lululemon gear. Like, you know, it's really natural for us because I'm wearing it in every workout. So we do really good at the affiliate game. It's uh, our second fastest growing revenue stream. And we're finally learning it. So every year we're learning something
2: new. Yeah. It's wild. I can tell you, I love... Lululemon can come and sponsor me at any point in time. I gift out Rulu's like nobody's business. Let me tell you,
0: I worked six years
2: on that contract,
0: (laughs) emailed them every quarter, every quarter for six years. And you know how we got it? I finally emailed them and I thought all the SEO, all the analytics, I'm like, you are working with all these TikTokers, all these random people on Instagram that you have no SEO. I was pregnant at the time. I said, Lululemon maternity leggings, the highest search yes. maternity leggings on the internet. And you have no one, you're not calling it a maternity legging. You have no SEO for this. No one's writing saying that this is the best maternity legging. You are missing a huge audience. I am pregnant. Put me in your leggings. I will shoot them. I will put it online. Call them the best maternity legging. Like, online legging is like the number one maternity yeah. legging. And they were not marketing it or doing
2: anything SEO wise for it. And so I was like, look
0: at the search volume you're
2: missing out on. Maybe that's when I fell in love with you a little bit more because I was I was like deeply searching because maternity leggings are terrible. And so, yeah, and I think Align is it's one of the like many ones that people are like, this is the best and I still wear them to this day. I was like, look at this huge, you're missing,
0: you're going after all these flashy like TikTokers yeah. and whatever. And I'm like, you're missing this huge SEO audience.
2: So where are you getting your, where are you getting your information from? Like my insider information. Yeah. Well, like it's interesting to me because you're obviously like you're deep into it and you're passionate. I can tell you're like business. I get you like business give me more information and everything like that. So is there podcast books? Like, do you have a mastermind community? Like how is like, what's the Lindsay Baumgrim funnel of information like?
0: Yeah, so I definitely stay well connected with Stacy who I started my business with, Wheeling Arms. So Stacy's a dietitian, she's a blogger. So we're constantly sharing information. So we're sneaky, you know, blogger strategy. We're sharing each other's high-performing RPM pages. So that's the blog page that's making you the most money right now. So it's getting the most ad dollars to it. So I'm putting hers in my email newsletter. She's putting mine in her email newsletter. We're sending each other high RPM pages every week. And like, I've linked on with other bloggers. I'm constantly tapping, Leaf 55. I'm like, hey, what do you know? What's, what, what do you, what are you doing here? What are your RPMs this month? We're all chatting constantly I have my little community of like content creators that I'm constantly knocking on their door. Like, hey, what's going well for you? What's not? this affiliate's crushing for us. Great. Let's pick them up. And then I have my women's business circle, which is a mastermind of women business owners. We have our own content creation circle. So everyone who's in that circle is a content creator. And then, yeah, I asked my team, we meet every Tuesday and we all try to bring something new we've learned to the table, like a 10 minute learning. So I'm constantly trying to push my team and we're all like watching a YouTube video or something. We're trying to grasp new information. Megan's taking like a writing course right now. What are you learning? Like what, how, how do we make better email headlines? Like constantly, I love this stuff. It is so cool to think about, like we can constantly get better at something, calling in Samir major inspiration on youtube we got in with uh started following all their stuff for content creation youtube shorts all that stuff so i'm constantly just trying to get snippets when i can i subscribe to all these email newsletters I used to do a ton of podcasting. Honestly, I've fallen out of that because I'm trying to like just go for a walk with nothing in my head Mm -hmm. at some times. So I'm a little bit out of that, but more so just trying to get snippet. I get a lot of email newsletters into and I just scan email newsletters for like, oh, I need to click on this. This is the new thing that's coming out. Uh, Google's doing a, I say, who I try to stay in touch with is our major traffic. If Google's changing anything, if YouTube's changing anything, if Pinterest is changing anything, we're willing to adapt and change for it. TikTok launches. I don't know. What's the thing that launched? Threads launches. I don't, honestly, I don't really care. Um, I'm a lead adopter when it comes to that stuff. It's not making me money. It's not a major traffic driver These are my m- revenue streams if they change or they do something we're going to jump on board youtube launch youtube shorts Yep, we're gonna do it. You know google launch google stories. Yep, we're gonna do it. I don't know threads sounds like more work that I don't want to (laughs) do. So no,
2: it's not going super great uh, over at Zuckerberg land for threads right now. Anyway,
0: you know, so like I try to, we try to stay focused on what our revenue streams are and what's happening in those spheres and like stay really in tune with YouTube and with, um, you know, they have creator stuff. They launch a YouTube video every week for creators, launch that every week, really in tune with YouTube, really in tune with Google um, and SEO and traffic and like AI, all this stuff. How's it going to change SEO? I don't know, maybe a 7% decrease, but SEO is still going to be around.
1: Right. And it sounds like, so it sounds like you've created this mindset and cultivated a culture within your company of just continued learning.
0: Yeah. Uh, I tell my girls, you want to take something, I'm happy to pay for it. Any course you want to take, whatever you want to take, like we're, we're all here to get better. That's the beautiful thing about YouTube, a lot of it's free. Like we can all just jump online and learn how to create a better thumbnail for free.
1: Yeah. That's something I've learned over the last year, basically, is that I, I stopped learning. I stopped feeling like I wanted to learn. And that's been huge for me this year is be like, learn, like, don't like read the books, listen to the podcast about this stuff, like force yourself to learn, create a curriculum for yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think I go in waves. I go in waves with wanting to learn about business. And then I go in waves of like wanting to learn more about my craft, which is like, I want to get better at mobility. Like, I love mobility. Mm -hmm. I'm getting older. I want to feel good. I like... I'm sick of waking up and feeling like a tin can. I want to be a buttery ninja who's like never going to tear my meniscus again. <laughs> like my goal in life is to never have surgery on a body part again. Yeah. Like legitimately, I'm so passionate about mobility right now. So I'm like following all these people and I'm like, how can I learn? How can I get better at mobility? What can I you know, teach people? Like, how can you get rid of hip pain? Like, let me help you because being in pain stinks.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I love that. There's actually I a follow an in Instagram person that's on mobility that I'm just like, I don't know why I'm just going to ask you this question. Embarrassed or bullish on cold plunging? Oh, cold. Oh, gosh.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's always something like I've never wanted to like the same thing, like athletic greens. Like, should you be taking a green powder? Like, it's so funny. We've gotten to this place where people have gotten so far away from just like eating real food and moving their bodies that now like working out has to be this like regimen of like CrossFit. And like, it has to be like, you are CrossFit, you are paleo, you are. It's like, like everything has to be a diet. Everything. It's like, what happened to just like neutral? Like you need to jump. I don't, it, it, are there benefits to it? Yeah. There, there's sure there's perks to it, but like, do I need to go, does every person need to go buy a $2,000 cold plunge tub? And like, no, we did it, it as like, like my kids have a kiddie pool. And like, we put a bunch of ice cubes in it and see like, as a family, like who could last the longest, like for fun, but do I cold plunge? No. If someone was going to give me a free cold plunge tub, would I take it? Yeah, probably. Like if someone reached out and they were like, you want a free cold plunge tub? I'm Sure. Sure. We'll take it. Am I going to do it every day? Probably, I don't know, maybe I don't. if I really liked it and felt really good after it, but you don't need to cold plunge or take green powder every day to be a healthy human.
1: No, you need to probably do more of what you do, right? I think that's the thing for everybody is like people just forget that they just need to work out. Even if, if it's for yeah. 15, 20 minutes, they just need to, to work out to move their body.
0: Yeah, totally. And walking is the most underrated form of exercise there is, hands down,
1: walking oh yeah, I'm exhausted after being in Chicago this last weekend, walking miles. Yeah. Up and down.
0: Best thing you can do is walk more. And I, I, we always think like more, like I gotta, I gotta work out more. I gotta drink more water. I gotta eat more protein. I got. It's like, what if we just flip the script like less? Like what if you watch less TV before bed? What if you got, you know, what if you ate less sugar? Like Like what if you... You know, ate less crap and processed food. What if you spent less time sitting? Like, it's just like.
1: And don't go 100%. Like, just be like 5% better or 10% better.
0: Like, right? Like, just 1% better every day. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be. It adds
1: up. In 100 days, you're 100% better.
0: Consistency compounds. And that's how our whole business is built. Like, right? Like, consistency compounds. Did I want to show up and make an Instagram post every day? Nope. Did I? Yep. Look where it brought us. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline is getting you to the point of like it's self-love. Discipline is self-love. The highest form of self-love.
2: Yeah. I just, uh, we're going to wrap this up, but I just have a question because you are so big in the YouTube. Do you have three YouTube channels that are just for you that you enjoy? Do you, I guess I should first ask, do you watch YouTube for just enjoyment or is it all just more for the business side? Everything social media for me is business.
0: I run a social, my girls would laugh. I run a social media business and I know nothing. <laughs> like, I don't know any of the trends. I don't know any of this stuff. Like I, I'm so out of touch with reality. I don't watch any, I have no shows I watch. Yeah. Like when I, I do this stuff for work and then I totally disconnect. Like I am so out of touch. I am so not hip. I'm f- so far from hip. Like I have to ask my girls, like I'm seeing a lot of like POV reels. What does that mean? Yeah. They're like point of view. And I'm like, got it, got it, good.
2: Yeah, I feel you. It was like, it was probably a year and a half ago and somebody was like, I was like, what is this Doja Cat? And they're like, what
0: are you yeah, talking
1: You've been living under a rock or oh, yeah. what?
0: I literally yes. live rock. My girls yes. are like, so this is trending. I'm like, hot girl walks? I'm supposed to like go on a walk? Like what? Like, yeah,
1: the app is called Be Real.
0: Yeah, like I know nothing about this stuff or like the whole get ready with me, like GW. I'm like, what are these reels? What are these people posting? Like I'm so out of touch, literally out of touch and I run a social media business and I kind of like it that way. Like I love that. I just, I feel like honestly, my audience, like when people are like, we did YouTube shorts because it's for YouTube and that we want to convert, subscribe. But like my audience, my true audience who's doing my workout, they're not watching my YouTube shorts. Like these people don't have time. They're busy moms trying to wrangle a kid. Like they're just trying to get in a 20 minute workout. These people are not on threads. These people are not, they don't, they don't want to watch me put my makeup on. Like my real audience is like, you know, they're just busy moms just like me. So I like being out of touch with uh, social media, but I do definitely have people that I, I look up to on YouTube and that I aspire. And like I, you know, for long, like Sydney Cummings, um, she's another trainer who I respect who talks throughout her workouts. A lot of people don't talk throughout their workouts. It's just like the workout, beep, next move, workout, beep, next move. Or it's like, and that's great. And people prefer that. People have asked me to not talk during my workouts. That's not my nature. Like I think... It's human connection to talk. I think anyone can show up and do a squat. But if I tell you how to do a squat, like I'm educated. You're going to do a squat. You're going to work your glutes. You're going to push your knees out towards your auto three toes. Like, I want you to have good form. I want you to learn why you're doing this. What's working? Like, this is functional strength training. You're doing kettlebell strength training to strengthen your hips, your glutes. These are power generators when you walk, when you run. Like, people should know this stuff. You know, no one drinks. People drink 15 Mountain Dews a day. They don't know what it's doing to your body. If you knew what that was doing to your body, would you do it? like education is part of what we do. So, uh, Sydney Cummings, I really respect. She's got, you know, millions of subscribers and she talks and, um, we have a very similar audience. People that do my workouts, do her workouts. And I think that's cool. I'm like someone who's got a million followers, people are doing my workouts and they're doing hers. Like, so I respect her juice and Toyer, a couple I respect on YouTube. They do not talking, but their editing style, their thumbnails, like the people in the fitness space, mostly like I'm, I respect and I, I, you know, aspire. I'm like, wow, they've grown really fast. Good for them. And aspire to be a, you know, one day have a million subscribers too, but that's not my end game. Like be all like, if I get a million subscribers, great. If they send me the gold plaque. Yeah. Cool. But there's so much more to our business than that. You know, I got an email this morning. I opened it up from Helen from, I don't even know where Helen's from, but I, this, like the life-changing emails I get every day is the reason I keep going. Like, You've changed my life i have cancer i can't go to the gym because of it's too germy and like you get me through every day i lost my husband like helen's daughter has have and she just did one of my videos and i said like every challenge is going to bring you farther in your faith and she just started bought baw- like these messages i get every day on real for every negative comment you'll ever see on youtube no one ever sees all those messages that land in my inbox and like the fact that someone's told me i've changed their life like I don't know.
2: That's pretty cool. That's amazing. That is I, cool. I love that. Lindsay, this has been such a pleasure getting to know you so much more and just like having this time in this conversation. I think you really shared the true high highs and the low lows of this journey. And it just was really special. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I love this stuff. It's so fun to chat with other people who get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. So we just finished recording the episode with Lindsay Bongram of Nourish with Love. That was amazing. It really was. Yeah, I just love that episode so much. I think it really truly shows what we're trying to do here, which is share the story of the high highs and the low lows. Like it's it's both and in all of the extremes. So if you love today's episode, um, please share it with five of your friends. That's the biggest way for our podcast to grow. And go listen to our previous episodes. They're really we've got a nice catalog now of some really great stories and ones that we've shared as well. And give us a follow and a
1: like. That would really help out as well.
2: Yes, yes. But thank you to those of you that have. There's been several reshares lately on Instagram. And I have to tell you, Andrew and I love it so much. I secretly then text him and I send him a screenshot. I'm like, look at this. And then we send each other a Paul Rudd meme and it just feels really special. So please do share with your friends directly or on social media. We truly just appreciate it more than you would ever know. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to show you what we have in store next, but you'll have to go on social media to maybe find that out.
1: Bye. Have an okay week.
2: Have an okay week. (laughs)